Leadership development exists because none of us are perfect, fully realized people. We all have room for growth in our lives and we need help along the way. Hi, and welcome to the Developing Imperfect Leaders podcast. Because the last time I checked, we're not Jesus. This podcast is a product of the Leadership Development Institute at Hope Community Church, intended to help you explore and grow your leadership skills for service both inside and outside the church. I'm your host, Paul Stiver, and I'm joined by my co-hosts and fellow LDI staff team members, Kaylin Larson. Hi. And Natty Severson. Hey, hey. All right, so we're getting right into it with fun facts. Kaylin, what is a fun fact about you? I am a three wing four on the Enneagram and the Myers-Briggs profile. I am an ESTJ. Uh, We recently took a working genius assessment and I am a tenacious enabler. (laughs) Yeah, you are. Who lives in control and perfect country. (laughs) So many personality tests. I am restorative. Okay. Disciplined. I am a learner, relater, input. <laughs> I have significance in my strengths. And then I'm also the color yellow. <laughs> that, I don't, that one I don't even know. That's amazing. I, okay, so I did not, this is, that was all personality test results about you. Because uh, that's the topic we're talking about today, personality tests. I, here's what I'm going to do for you both. I did not, um, do, I did not put all my personality test stuff down, but I did. This is something about me that maybe you'll be able to tell me who I am in a personality way. When I go on road trips, any road trip we go on, we go into a gas station, I buy multiple beverages <laughs> per time. I'd like, I mean, I'm talking, I get a coffee. The last one of the ones I remember most recently, I got a coffee. Uh, I think an energy drink. I got one of those Kool-Aid jammers, which are like the old the old Kool-Aid school. bottle. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, one of those. I think maybe a Capri Sun too while I was at it. Uh, and um, yeah, and maybe like a shake. I mean, I literally, I'll get four or five drinks each time, time we stop. How? Do you okay. Stop to go to the bathroom. Well, that was it. Or do you just like fire like a rocket out of your seat because you've had so much caffeine and sugar? Well, that t- well, it's important to. Look, I'm a bit. I that's what it's like to be me. I love beverages. A road trip. It feels like the right time. Yeah, how can just, you mix all of the flavor profiles? Well, I mean, you drink one at for a time. For me, who is, doesn't not, really drink sugar, and I don't really drink caffeine. I'm not putting <laughs> I them would into. Die. I'm not put. Well, I think I get zero sugar except for the Kool Aid. I'm not putting them into like one pitcher to drink together. Okay, is that your image that I, no, like, I just? <laughs> I, I think of, hmm, a hot coffee. Oh, now I really want a Kool-Aid jammer, <laughs> which is like cold and sweet. <laughs> but then I'm going to go back to this, hmm, hot, bitter drink. It's like, look, I can't explain it. Maybe you guys could tell me, what is that personality? A P. Oh, that's interesting. because oh, I think it's fun country, if I do know that. Yes, I agree. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about me. I, you know, mm-hmm. about Paul, I think we do have some overlap there. I do normally buy a coffee, but I, I am a decaf drinker. Uh, and then maybe something in a plastic bottle, but it's hard to know. Yeah. It's hard to know what I might do. Um, I also see my husband's look of judgment every time I buy a spend money on, you know, convenience store beverages. And he's like, we have that at our house. Um, So, you know, I've got that in my mind. But, you know, given the show's question today, which is going to be about personality tests, I thought I would tell you that I'm an ENFP 
Enneagram 7 Wing 8. Thank you, Kaylin, for that. I'm a galvanizing innovator. My strengths are communication, individualization, woo, activator, ideation, and strategic. I'm green. Uh, and I would never have guessed green. I'm fun country. And so, oh, and, and my spiritual gifts, according to another assessment, are leadership teaching and shepherding. And there's so many more. Uh, oh, my Hogwarts house is Gryffindor. Also, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, that's a that's a key one. That's yeah, just in case to get into it. Right. Yeah. I just want to I think BuzzFeed told me that probably. Thanks, BuzzFeed. So <laughs> shout out BuzzFeed. They're now our sponsors of the podcast because I said their word once. All right. So let's get into the leading question, which is the title question of this episode. And obviously the topic we're talking about, how much weight should we give to personality tests? Well, I I can jump in on this. First, I just, I have an objection to this question in general. And it's not the nature of the question. It's the word tests, because these aren't tests. These are actually Mm -hmm. assessments. Tests measure our knowledge. Uh, Assessments simply tell us what we think to be true of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So since we answer all of the questions for ourselves, um, we are telling the assessment what we believe to be true. So the information is just like, pooped out the other side of an algorithm or filter and outcomes, the outcome for that test using their specific language. So, mm-hmm. and there I did it again. I said test when I should have said assen- oh, assessment. Sure. So what's what's really cool about these assessments is that it gives us common language to talk about how we're similar and different, right? Uh, so we, we, if you were listening and you heard me, I, I listed all of those different assessments because that might, you might grab onto a piece of information in there because you've maybe taken a similar assessment, whether it's, you know, like the BuzzFeed, which Hogwarts house are you or the Enneagram or some of the really popular ones like Myers-Briggs or Strength Finders, right? And so we have this common language to describe things and we have ways to talk about how we think about things or maybe some of the ways we behave. And then we can share these things with other people and have more meaningful discussions. I think what can be tough about assessments is, well, I'm I'm sure one of you will get into the idea of worth, but they aren't predictive, right? They're just descriptive. I think we can use, we can often use some of these as an excuse, right? Well, I'm a Myers-Briggs P, which I announced earlier. So I never have to finish things on time or I never have to worry about details because that's just not, it's not my jam. You know, like it can be, it's not predictive. It's just descriptive and it can't be used as an excuse. So what do you guys think? Yeah. I do think they're insightful. Um, I, as Nanny said, it gives common language. Um, but I do think it helps you learn more about yourself. And then also, um, it helps you learn more about others in the way that they engage with the world. Um, but I also don't think these are the tell-all about someone, right? People are more mm-hmm. dynamic than that. But I just remember we have a class here at Hope called Shape. And... Um, shape goes through some of these assessments and I walked away from that class and when I was volunteering with a guy at the time and I was like oh this is why we think so differently and it really helped me know how to better engage with him and be more gracious both to myself and him because all of a sudden I was like well, why don't I operate the way that he does and then it's like oh because he's an N and he's a P and that is okay. That's how God's created him to be. And he works really well in that arena. And I am not an N or a P. And so how, so knowing those two things helped us almost work 
better together versus always coming into conflict with one another. That's really good. Yeah. The only thing I would add is, uh, and we use the, the word weight here, how much weight should we give to personality tests? I think it's, it brings up an interesting idea because we could kind of look at these from two polar extremes. One is, and Kaylin, you kind of touched on, uh, this isn't the end all be all or, or maybe equal authority to scripture, right? Like this, uh, these personality tests define me so much that this is just, this is exactly who, or sorry, assessments, this is exactly who I am. Uh, but I think I've seen more people go the other way and look at them as something to be feared almost, or like a, like against the kingdom of God. And so that'd be the opposite side of the spectrum where it's like, well, we can't even give a personality assessment any weight. We just have to trust what the Bible says and who we are. And, and I think there's a balance to be struck, which is that, um, God, okay, and so we learn a little theology here. We're made in the image of God and where each of us are unique. We're all precious little snowflakes, but really we are, right? In one sense, like God has made each of us unique and wired us in specific ways. Kaylin and I, for example, are wired very differently when it comes to how we send emails. Um, so <laughs> that's come up this week. Uh, and so... Um, how many follow-up emails to yeah, my... Right. Kaylin wants zero follow-up email emails and I'm okay with okay. 17 follow-up emails. And so, as long right, as it's in the same thread, right? So I think we find the balance of, okay, I'm uniquely made in the image of God. And like Natty said, these assessments are a mirror that reflect back to me some of the ways that he's actually wired me. And by understanding those, not, I'm not going to give them the weight of scripture and say that these define me forever and I'm they are the end all be all, but at the same time, I don't need to fear them and, and push them away. I can learn from them. And, and to Keelan's example, right, then not only does that help us understand ourselves, it helps us relate with others. So let's keep this convo going. Let's get into the quote of the week. And quote so this, of the week. Quote of the week. <laughs> it's been I was just a while. waiting for her to Quote of the this. week. One quote of, of the week. Things. This week's quote comes from one of our favorite books that we use in LDI. He says that about every book. No, this is a good one. This one is really, well, if I do say that about every book, I was misleading because this actually is one of our favorite <laughs> books in LDI. The book is called, it's a small little book called The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness by Tim Keller. And actually in this quote, he's going to quote another author here, but the quote says this, Soren Kierkegaard says that the normal human ego is built on something besides God. It searches for something that will give it a sense of worth a sense of specialness, and a sense of purpose, and builds itself on that. And of course, as we are often reminded, if you try to put anything in the middle of the place that was originally made for God, it is going to be too small. So first of all, Kaylin, do you agree with this quote? What jumps out to you about this quote as it highlights kind of our uniqueness, our specialness, our purpose, our personality, some of these things? Uh Reading this quote, I think what I was thinking about was uh, personality tests can be fun and insightful. Uh, like Paul had um, just mentioned earlier, um, they're a glimpse into who God has created us to be. Um, so we are, however, we are much more than our personality type or our Enneagram number or our strengths. Um, as humans, we want to better understand ourselves and others, but then we have to hold that intention that we are more dynamic, we are more complex than what these assessments show. Um, and so there are many other factors that play into who God has created us to be. Um, and so if we are looking at these personality tests to fill um, that hole, um, like Soren Kierkegaard said, they're just gonna like, 
they can maybe be placed in the hole, but they're not going to fill it. It's only going to be God who can fully fill that hole, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I think you jumped on a couple things. One is just that 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 we can't be, these aren't just a unique measure or these aren't the unique measure of us, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're not defined by these things. All these, all these assessments do is show us our preference. Most of these things For talk sure. about our yeah. preferences. I would prefer to not have to be beholden to a schedule or an itinerary. That's my preference. My husband would prefer to have a schedule and an itinerary, right? And so it doesn't mean he can't go without one or I can't have one. We're just talking about preferences here. But also I think really the, in the quote, we're, we're given that, that sense of worth that he's talking about there. I can relate to that because ultimately I think one of the key things that brought me to Christ was searching for some sort of worth. I remember thinking, hmm. is this all life is? Is this it? You know, mm-hmm. this is, this is the best it's going to be. And it sort of was like, left me feeling kind of flat. I mean, that and kind of an end to the, to the plague of guilt and shame. And having said that, I don't think specialness and purpose are bad. We talk about like looking at these things with balance, right? It's not bad to be special or have a purpose. God actually says that, um, we do have that. You mean you might read this quote and, and if you read it lazily, you might think he's saying we we can't be special or we're not special or we shouldn't have purpose. But those just things just need to be rooted in Christ. He has made us special and he has given us purpose. And we can't find our worth in any of these things that we're finding in these personality assessments or these psychometrics, right? But we can find that in him. And then we can learn unique things about how God has created mm-hmm. us. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, right? We are we are unique image bearers of God. And my extroversion and Kaylin's introversion kind of sh- sh- highlight God is uniquely extroverted. I mean, he came to, into this world, right? To be flooded with humanity. And also mm-hmm. he was he's perfectly content as himself, right? And so we're all showing something about the goodness and the beauty of God. That's great. Yeah, I, I was thinking about the tension that comes out of this of of specialness, purpose, and and our culture now we're kind of in these waters of the phrase expressive individualism. And part of that is uncovering who you are, learning more about yourself so you can better express that self and feel more whole. And I do I think the the challenge when we take these personality tests or assessments and move them beyond um, tools to making them define our specialness and our purpose uh, is that we put them in the wrong spot, like Kaylin was saying. But I do think when they operate as tools, they can really be a benefit. So they're tools, not saviors. Self-discovery itself is not a savior. I think we sometimes are told that if I can just tap into to find myself, know myself, understand myself, I'll be okay. And I, I don't know if that's true, but I do I actually have an example of how understanding this as a tool can be helpful in light of the fact that God is sovereign and has made us in his image. I just went back and looked at an old strength finders test that I assessment that I'd taken in uh, 2017 and I had achiever on there and it started to really help me understand something about myself and that I love a checklist and I like to accomplish that checklist and be productive. And so just by having that understanding, it actually showed me here's why you always do lists or why you have a better Mm -hmm. time when you make a list and why, when you feel more accomplished, but it also helps me then fight the idol of achievement more because I can say, okay, that's not going to save me if I get my checklist done. It's okay to leave things unchecked. Um, and so I kind of was able to put it in that lens of, all right, I didn't. It, now that I know this about myself, it's not going to save me. And yet, 
that is a way God has wired me and it actually will help me be productive and serve him to know that about myself. So kind of a fun way that these can, again, hopefully have balance, uh, that, that we keep God where he's supposed to be. And yet we can acknowledge that we are uniquely wired. So let's get into then growing together. So we want to take this every time and and help imperfect leaders to grow. The name of the podcast, last time I checked, is Developing Imperfect Leaders. So what does it look like from a practical standpoint to think wisely about personality assessments and apply them to better relate to our work uh, and to how we relate to others? Yeah, I would say don't be afraid of them. I think I think that's a good word. I think Christians can be like, whoa, I don't know where that came from. Well, I don't think something necessarily needs to be faith-based to be a keen observer of human nature, mm, right? We yeah. see a lot of things out there that are just keen observers of human nature. I mean, obviously marketing firms put millions and billions of dollars into watching human nature, right? And what we're going to react to, right? So I would say, take them. Uh, take them, but don't let them define you right? After all, again, you told the assessment all the info it had. You are you. Again, it's just telling you what you believe to be true. So when it says cool things about you, um, it's it's just finding words to describe that. And when it says tough things, because I think any worth its, any, any personality assessment's like worth its weight, it's going to tell you maybe some tough things about the nature of of who you are that might help really expose sin patterns in your life. And, and again, that's where the gospel application comes into hand, right? We need to be able to apply the gospel to that. If we can't hear hard things about ourselves, we need to we need to work on that. We need to work on our understanding of what God has done for us. And remember you're not a failure. You're not a failure. You got like back to last week, just because I don't have that checklist that I'm successfully checking off every week doesn't make you a failure, Paul, mm-hmm. right? right? So, you know, we're God's creation and we're beautiful and we can actually learn something about God as an artist by examining ourselves, right? Not to worship ourselves, right? but to give thanks to God for the unique gifts he's given us. I, I can look at each of the people in this room and be thankful for the unique gifts God has given them. And I'm appreciating God's workmanship and his creativity and his just love of diversity and um, yeah, the way he wants to show off his handiwork through us. As so, the question: What does it look? What does it look like to think wisely about personality uh, assessments? Um, I think for me, it was while I was learning about these things, and as I continue to learn, um, helping um, talking it out with people, and then being able to see real life results. So two ENFPs can be very different people even though they have the same personality. So it can be easy just to limit someone being like, oh, well, you're an ENFP. And, but for me, I always have to be reminded, okay, the Lord is in the business of transforming and changing people all the time. So while they might be pulled to one preference or I might be pulled to another one, the Holy Spirit's alive and active and he's always working in people's hearts. Um, And so that's always been helpful for me. That's really good. Yeah, the, uh, the the one angle I would take on this is thinking about working and relating better with others. Uh, if I were to start a team, which at times I've been able to kind of uh, different kickstart a couple teams, I typically do want to know where personality lands right up front. I, I think right now, if you're listening and you're thinking, I've, 
I'm on a team or maybe I'm leading a team and we're struggling with our dynamics. I'm not saying this will save your team, but it is really helpful to understand who you are and who each other is. So yeah, Myers-Briggs, a working genius, a strength finder, any of these can give you at least something that was mentioned by Natty earlier, which is shared language. Um, so you kind of like get with each other and you say, oh, that's why you're that way. And mm-hmm. and that's what I see that in you. And, and you have the shared language to say, oh, this is why I'm struggling in this area more likely because I this is something I kind of run into. Um, so shared language, team building. And then I, I think with that, um, that self-awareness that comes, comes team interaction actually becomes improved by that too. It's kind of fun to, yeah. to think about like, oh, for example, in this LDI staff team, uh, Kaylin is far more admin administration wired uh, than we are. She was that tenacious enabler. Yeah, right. So far more uh, capable of executing. So what often happens, just to give a, a peek behind the curtain in our team meetings, is Natty and I will dream up a million ideas that All are the time. possibly insane, and then Kaylin will help <laughs> us think through what could be actionable and implemented, and how that might actually be implemented. And if we were in those meetings without having understanding of our personality and how these how these things are kind of true of us and how God's wired us, I think we could run into way more frustration uh, than we normally do. Yeah, so, Kaylin would just view us as like annoying people who don't disruptors who don't get anything done, right. and we might be tempted to label her like the buzzkill, the naysayer, yeah, right, the yeah. naysayer, mm-hmm. the contrarian. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this the team dynamics piece, whether in team building or or ongoing relationships, really helpful. So yeah, fun fun way to also better relate to others. All right. As we are also in this room imperfect leaders, we want to take away one thing from this conversation. And I can start for me, it's gonna be and I think we kind of got into it a little bit, but when we have um shared personality assessments or or we know how others are wired, we know how we are wired, we can sometimes fall into the comparison game and think, oh man, they have that skill, that ability, that talent. I could never have that and they're better than me because of it. And I just want to say- Gifts envy. I call it gifts envy. Yeah, gifts envy, right? And I I do think that uh, I was told a phrase by someone that I think is helpful here, which is not better or worse, just different. And if we really are trusting in a sovereign God, he's wired us in specific ways that he wants to use for his kingdom and his glory. And so it doesn't need to be that my gifts are better or worse than someone else. It actually frees me up to not look down on others or over overestimate others' abilities. Uh, but I can be content in who I am and how I'm wired and then enjoy the way others are wired as well. Yeah, I that's great. We didn't talk about this yet, but I think it's really important, this idea that um, we, God, God doesn't give us all the gifts, right? We're not omnicompetent because if we were, we would just be tempted to run on our own. And mm-hmm. we're tempted to do that even though we're not, we want to be omnicompetent and we seek to prove that for whatever reason. Um, and so what you're saying is really points us to the body of Christ, right? We're mm-hmm. meant to live in community with other people. The very fact that we can't do what's, what Kalen is good at. I'm not a good finisher. I'm not awesome with details. Kalen pushes me to try harder and to finish well. Mm-hmm. And so I I need a person like Kaylin in my life that will push me in that direction. And that is really great. Um, and I don't need to be perfect at everything. I don't need to be omnicompetent because I'm not finding my worth in what an assessment tells me. I might feel understood and it might help me communicate better with others. Um, but it's not going to, in the end, me being the end all be all to myself is not going to be better. 
And as a disclaimer, I said I was an ENFP at the beginning. Did you guys catch that? Kaylin, you didn't correct me on that? I am not an F. Sorry to all the listeners. You can tell I was doing this late at night. Kaylin and I were both up late last night making notes for this show. Um, I'm an ENTP. Uh, So all the ladies out there who are like, I'm a T, the NT ladies out there, man, you can feel a little bit other. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think any woman who's a T... At yeah. least that's how I feel. Dot combo robots. is tough yeah. too, though. Yeah. Like robots at times. Yeah. Yeah. It's culture does not. We can talk about that in another episode. Yeah. Christian subculture and women who are tea on the Myers Briggs. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a unique combo. I think my takeaway is just celebrating who God has created um, other people to be and then me to be. So I think Natty kind of already touched on that too is um, not being gift envy but just being thankful for how he has wired you and has wired others that you know um, and seeing how you can work together for the uh, good of his kingdom. Well, that wraps up our conversation for today, but we want to keep connecting with you. So thank you for listening to the podcast. And if you like what you heard, be sure to follow our show and leave a review. We love connecting with our listeners. So if you have questions, comments, or topic ideas, please email us ldi at hopecc.com. LDI is a ministry of Hope Community Church based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We seek to develop leaders in their biblical thinking, Christ-like character, and ministry skills for service both inside and outside the church. We do this through internships, classes, seminars, and retreats. If you're interested in learning more about our internships or other opportunities, visit ldi.hopecc.com or email ldi at hopecc.com. Have a great week.